0: Welcome to the Coach Me Podcast. My name is Nadine Stiller, founder of Coach Me and your podcast host. Laura Dunn, a trained and experienced early career and confidence coach, joins us today to share insights, tips, and coaching questions on how we can nurture human connections during the pandemic. a little bit more about Laura. Her purpose is to help people find meaningful direction in their lives as early as possible and to create and navigate the personal changes that come with that. Laura's approach centers on being real, courageous, and compassionate. With a decade of HR experience in global organizations, supporting people in their early to mid-career with a focus on leadership development, Laura now specializes in coaching, her happy place. She trained with leading organization Barefoot Coaching in the UK, and with more than 500 hours of one-on-one coaching, she's currently in the process of becoming a professional certified coach accredited through the International. Coaching Federation. Laura helps people build clarity, confidence, and courage to make desired changes and to navigate those changes with resilience. In her coaching, Laura is known to create a gentle calmness while also challenging her clients where they need it the most. This all leads me back to today's topic, nurturing human connection during a pandemic. During this podcast episode, we learn how human connections have shifted in three core ways as a result of the pandemic. We discover ideas and perspectives to help us nurture connection in times when traditional ways of connecting are more limited, and we explore the concepts of loneliness and solitude and how solitude actually plays a key role in enhancing human connection. Please make sure to check out the additional resources in the show notes that include a list of ideas and activities that will help us. Let's tune in.
1: Hi Laura, welcome to the podcast. Hi Nadine, it's so so great to be here, I love having conversations with you Nadine, so I'm just really excited just to get into this topic.
0: Same here, we've already talked about it quite a bit actually as a preparation uh, for this and it kept coming up on my side as well quite a bit actually. So what are we talking about today? We're talking about nurturing connection
1: in a pandemic mm-hmm. and specifically nurturing human connection in a pandemic. So this year I think has really shaken up a lot of our connections and really had made us have to think kind of very differently about our relationships, our friendships, how do we look after ourselves and that theme of kind of loneliness that a lot of people might be feeling at the moment, which is not a new theme. It's existed for a really long time, as as long as humankind, but now it's coming into really laser sharp focus. And so what can we do to nurture our human connections when Mm -hmm. physical distancing is in place and when we're in lockdowns and we can't actually access the people around us in the same way?
0: Wow. It's so topical and very, very important. So it's like, I've seen it like ever since you said, this is what we're going to talk about. This is something that you're really passionate about. I kept just seeing it so much more in days of focus as well. It's coming up um, in all sorts of conversations. So I'm very hopeful that people will get a lot of value out of what we're talking about today. And that obviously explains passionate about it,
1: right? Yeah, I feel like it's such an important topic for us to think about and it's not necessarily the kind of topic we would talk about. We don't have open conversations often about, about human connection and, and maybe we don't even understand how important this is for us as humans. Um, it's a fundamental human need to have that sense of belonging. Mm. So I believe this year, and I say this year as if everything's going to change on 1st of January 2021, but that's not going to happen. So this experience of mm-hmm. time in our lives, we might need to be more intentional around the way we connect or the way we get the benefit of human connection in different
0: ways. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So when, when you say connection, what exactly does that yeah, so and I remember when we
1: started talking about this, Nadine, it was like, where do we start? How, there's so many different ways that you can look at connection.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: connection, in the sense that we're talking about it today, is the sense of belonging. And we'll be looking at it specifically from the human perspective or the human lens. So mm-hmm. our relationships, our friendships, maybe even not relationships and friendships that exist, but maybe even acquaintances, our interactions with other people and also Mm -hmm. really importantly with ourselves and so when we think of connection you usually think of kind of two pieces connecting or two elements connecting connection and human and social connection is also really important to what does that mean for how do we look after ourselves as well how do we connect with ourselves
0: yeah that's probably something that most people forget including myself like what are you connected like what, what does that actually mean human connection to yeah it starts with yourself yeah. I guess as well the way you're treating yourself the way you're maybe even talking to yourself all yeah. things like this as well so it's super important cool great so how do you think human connections are changing as a result of the pandemic like what is what has happened yeah well when we look back over the last eight to ten months
1: I think many of us will see that the connections that we have with others may have changed in kind of three core ways so that Mm -hmm. first way is we've had connections that have strengthened or even we've had new connections in our lives so we've created friendships unexpectedly or in unexpected places and maybe even the strengthening of friendships and relationships and connection with self has also happened in unexpected ways but mm-hmm. it's, it's fair to say probably that now we are looking, we're almost forced to think about quality over quantity. So previously, yes. you know, we would go to the pub or we'd go to a cafe. We'd be interacting with all sorts of people. You know, Think about how many people we did interact in just one day interact with.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: now yeah. we're weighing up risks every day, just generally, like in our decisions. We have to make these decisions every moment. And with that, we're also weighing up the risk of, Our connection and our kind of physical connection. Like, who do we choose to spend that time with? Who do I choose to spend the time with in the evening on Zoom?
0: Yeah, because also we are being told that we have to limit our interactions as well, right? So if it's like we are only allowed to meet five other people, who are these five people are going to be? Yeah, and who do we trust in that circle? Yeah, exactly. And then also, who do we welcome? Who do we want to protect?
1: Um, And that's the difficult decision is you might might have somebody you really want to be able to see, but you can't. And so then Mm -hmm. we have to think more creatively and openly and maybe a bit more intentionally about how do we reach those people in our lives that are important that we haven't, Mm -hmm. we can't access for one reason or another. So Mm -hmm. that would be like one way that connections have changed this year. They've become stronger in another sense. They have become more strained and we found ourselves in this position where we may have to reevaluate that connection and that interaction Mm -hmm. with somebody else, either to maintain that connection because it's really important to us because we really have to, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: or to say, actually, I don't need this anymore. It's creating too much toxicity in my life. I need to let go. Mm -hmm. And both of those can be challenging. And and I think where it becomes strained is again in the kind of unexpected places, probably with our closest people, where we've been thrown into a space possibly together with somebody else. And yeah, I think we're valuing now space and having time to ourselves and being able to step away and come back to the people Mm -hmm. we are closest with in our lives yeah that's the second way and then a third way is that we might be feeling like we're lacking connection in some form so that might manifest itself like i said earlier in in terms of loneliness we might be experiencing more loneliness than we have previously Mm -hmm. it could inversely be like overwhelm. so we have to remember we're in so many different situations some of us have too much time to ourselves some of us have no time to ourselves yeah. and constantly with other people, and so it could well show up as overwhelm or maybe just this feeling of something's missing, a bit like general unease mm-hmm. we can't really put our finger on it, but there's something kind of missing, mm-hmm. and we know that yeah yeah,
0: okay that's actually three gigantic shifts yeah. and everything kind of can happen at any time, but they're quite it's a framework that it or it happened because it had to happen this way right, and Something, I guess, we, we've taken for granted before. Like you said, you just meet people here and there. And now, whoa, <laughs> how are you going to deal with exactly. that? Okay. So if we are going a bit deeper into this, so the first part was people are kind of strengthened or the, the relationship and the connections have, have strengthened. And you've already like explained what that actually means and looks like with regards to belonging. Is there anything else that you want to say around that topic or do you want to like explore the other two areas I think in a way this is the easiest
1: one this is what is feeding our sense of belonging mm-hmm. um, and that belonging is important it's something that we need in our lives if we don't have it mm-hmm. we, f- we don't feel good and so in that sense it's kind of easy it's like yay when we've got something that is feeding that all the mm-hmm. we have physical distancing restrictions with lockdowns all of that And in that space, I'm seeing people become more open as well and more vulnerable. We're going through a lot and part of strengthening a relationship is being able to be open and vulnerable with that other person. Mm -hmm. And so conversations that may not have been so easy or may not even have happened a year ago have had to happen and that has
0: helped us get stronger too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And by being that more vulnerable and open, it's it's kind of a a circle. It creates even deeper relationships and you can open up more. And so, okay, cool. Yeah, I can totally also see that and um, have experienced that. So the second big shift that you've mentioned earlier is when relationships or connections are really strained. How are people dealing with that yeah, so this is this is a bit tougher
1: because it's making us mm. really look in the mirror so look at what is going on and I think often it takes that moment of really intense negative emotions, whether that's kind of frustration or anger it's like the, the volcano bursts it's been bubbling mm. for a while, and it sometimes it takes that to really look at what's going on either with a relationship with somebody else or when I say relationship I mean that broadly so I'm not talking about partner I'm talking about partner and friend and family member whatever that relationship is yeah we could kind of almost force to look at it because it reaches that point ideally we're not letting it get to that point we're kind of spotting it before it happens so we can manage it yeah. we can get ahead of that and so what people can do is Be more self-aware, so build that self-awareness, know yourself. Just checking in with yourself regularly, which can be hard when you've got others around you. When you've got all the distractions around you, it can be hard to just check in. So find those moments where you can check in. And maybe this sounds silly, but maybe it's in the shower where you're just kind of going through, okay, how am I feeling today? Mm -hmm. What am I thinking? Whatever it is, just to tune into your feelings that day.
0: Mm-hmm. plus it's it was something else that came to mind because i'm doing some um, sort of meditations and one of them is is like let the water just wash away those negative that negativity yes. while literally having a shower it's it's actually not just a meditation it's an actual thing that can happen a physical feeling right so you can say okay you just let all that negativity or that stress wash away and and see what effect that might have.
1: It's perfect. uh, It's a perfect place. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And then if you can get to the point where you're kind of checking in, this is a bit harder, but checking in in the moment. So you're when, when you're with somebody Mm. or maybe it's not when you're with somebody, but maybe it's when you just after you're with somebody. So you're kind of, what's the feeling Mm -hmm. that you're left with? How are you feeling then? What are you thinking? Mm. And what do you feel in your body? So, so often our bodies give us the clues as to how we're feeling. It can be really hard to articulate emotion. and Maybe we can't even put our finger on it, but if we notice the impact that that's having on our bodies, are you feeling it in your shoulders and your back? Are you feeling it in your stomach? Are you feeling it all over or is your head really fuzzy? You know?
0: Mm, yeah. Or is it a throat you cannot talk? Yeah, you feel absolutely. like You're about to like, you know, it's like suffocating right. or something.
1: And it's yeah. different for everybody. So when you can tune into mm-hmm. that, you become more aware of the impact of that relationship on you. And sometimes that manifests itself before your emotions. So it's like your clue to, okay, I'm beginning to feel like that. I notice that I'm feeling this in my throat. Mm-hmm. So I need to pay attention to something. Yeah. yeah. So okay. that would be number one is just. Be aware of the cues that something might be off for you. And that's about really checking in and being aware of what's going on
0: for you in the moment. Yeah, for a relationship specifically. Yeah, right?
1: and then think about what's really important to you. So know your values. Sometimes a good way to actually identify your values is think about those moments where you have frustration and anger. Because often what's happening mm-hmm. in that moment is in that intense frustration or anger is that you are one of your core values. One of the things that you hold most important in life is being Mm -hmm. missed. It's not there. That's Mm -hmm. what triggers us because there's something there that we feel is really important. That's not there in that moment.
0: Mm -hmm. Do you have an example for someone who's not really had that experience with identifying values? Yes, absolutely. So I'll give you some examples of what values could
1: be. If that Mm -hmm. helps, so like respect might be a value, Mm -hmm. freedom, space, learning, growth, creativity, all of these things. Mm -hmm. So think of those kind of conceptual concepts that you think Mm -hmm. if the world didn't have these or if I didn't have these in my life, how would I feel? Or Mm -hmm. inversely, what are the things, if you were like the ruler of your universe what, what are the top three things that you would say, no question, these things need to exist in my world?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, cool. Makes sense. So that was another way of checking in with, if a, if a relationship is strange, you know, okay, you also need to know what's important to your, uh, for yeah, yourself.
1: Yeah. So if you know what's important to you, there may be values mm-hmm. coming into strain, if that makes sense. So When you are aware of your values, when you know what's important to you, you can make decisions. Mm. You can be more confident around your decisions because you know that your decisions are driven by your values. If you're living a value-driven life, you will feel more fulfilled and happier. Mm -hmm. And so then the question is, in the connections that I have right now, which of those connections are really aligning to my values and which are maybe not? Mm -hmm. And how do I make sure that the interactions I have help me to fill the kind of values bucket? So help me Mm -hmm. feel more fulfilled because I know that they align to what I feel is important. Mm
0: -hmm. And that goes back to what you said earlier about being very intentional. Yeah. And you know what? There's
1: always a middle ground as well because we can't expect everybody to have the same values as We have, and this maybe leads into the next thing is just getting clear on your boundaries can be really important and values can come into your boundary system too. So for example, healthy boundaries equals healthy relationships. If you don't have boundaries in your relationships and you don't know what they are, then you risk having a toxic relationship because you may not know what is important to you and how do you make sure that that exists in your relationship.
0: Yeah, until the boundaries are, are crossed. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then it might be too late. Yeah. <laughs> so, what would be a boundary? Like what's, like, what's a realistic thing to happen, say, if you're, I don't know, your siblings or with your partner or, I don't know, maybe a work colleague? What's something like practical?
1: Yeah. So, as a boundary. The first is thinking about what are you okay with and mm-hmm. what are you not okay with? Okay, so just getting clear on this. So if we're thinking about a practical example, I'm mean, going to go right down to basics here, right? So what is mm-hmm. not okay under that, I would hope is it's not okay for physical aggression to take place. It's not okay for physical abuse or mental or verbal abuse. That's not okay with me. Mm-hmm. So start with like really, what are your human rights almost? Like what do you expect then? hmm
0: actually when you said this something came up as like just basically respect right or not being lied to or that I can maybe rely on someone if someone says this is what I'm going to do for you or this is what's going to happen or I'm going to organize this for you then I would like to be able to trust this person and this person is reliable and I can now see you know obviously how this fills in with values one of my my big values would be integrity and in that belongs you know, reliability and trust and truth and honesty and, and those Excellent. type of things. And, and yeah. as we're speaking then,
1: Nadine, the thought that came into my head is sort of an example that yeah. I've had this year, and I'm sure many have had. Is in getting used to the world as it is right now, we have had to navigate in our friendships the things that we're okay with and the things that we're not okay with, and so. It might be saying, I'm okay to meet with you. I'd like to meet with you if you can, if if that's a possibility. But I'm not okay with us not wearing masks. Can we wear masks when we mm-hmm. go for a walk? Okay, so you're thinking mm-hmm. about what are you comfortable with? I'm okay to have dinner with you, but can we have that outside in the summer? Or, you know, so it's just getting... I think initially at the beginning, especially, so people were trying to figure out what were they okay with. And so being really in tune with, and we were all at different levels. Some people are kind of more comfortable than others. Others are more careful than others for so many different reasons. And so trying to almost balance all of that to the point where you find that middle ground Mm -hmm. has been really important. When you have your boundaries respected, it's a sure sign that you can invest in that friendship because they're okay with your boundaries. They want to respect your boundaries. And I think mm-hmm. people struggle with this concept of boundaries, especially some people are really okay with it. You know, it's kind of comes very naturally. Other people, maybe mm-hmm. they're, they're adaptable. They not to say that others aren't adaptable, but they are more go with the flow. So they don't really mind what they do mm-hmm. and they might find them kind of morphing into this friendship or relationship and kind of changing themselves because they're adapting Mm -hmm. and not even almost being conscious of that because they're not actually clear on what they need and what they want and that's okay there's so many people in that position if you're feeling like you want to be adaptive to somebody else that's a good thing just Mm -hmm. want you to consider yeah
0: no it's like i i I get it something that came up for me is like as long as it's working for you, like you're adapting. And if it's working for you, because you're constantly adapting to others, then, you know, it's like fair enough, then that's okay. But if somewhere down the line, you're like, I don't actually know if that's what I want on, why do I feel so, I don't know, something might come up when you're, you know, with your friends or relatives or whatever. And it's like, you can't quite, Put the thing on it. Then I guess it's time to go back to a bit of self-reflection and see, it's like, hey, what values are being anointed? Yeah, here?
1: and and that might ultimately show itself as resentment or be like, oh, I'm always doing, I'm always changing, I'm always doing what you want, da da da. You know, and we also have to look at ourselves at that point and say, well, how have I contributed to this? Does this other person mm-hmm. know? Have I given them the information they need to know? Yeah. To say, so that they know what I'm okay with and what I'm not okay with. Yeah.
0: They might think that they're acting in, you know, best faith and in your yeah. in your favor or doing you a, a service and then actually it might be a disservice in some way without them knowing. And how
1: can they, how can they possibly know that if you don't share it with them? So it's a good thing to yeah. be able to establish those boundaries.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of open communication, I guess, yeah. that needs to happen in that sphere.
1: So, in really. We... And
0: that takes courage. Yeah,
1: totally. And that's where the, the next bit comes, which is open communication. Like, once you have mm-hmm. established what your boundaries are, and what you can do is just write so like three columns on a piece of paper. What am I okay with? What am I not okay with? And what am I willing to compromise on? And then the yeah. next step is communication. Okay, and that comes with okay. it's trust, relationship bravery, courage, just say it as it is. Maybe it's Mm -hmm. not going to come out the right way the first time, but that's okay. Sometimes these conversations are kind of awkward. Focus on the outcome of that conversation, not the kind of way to get there necessarily.
0: Yeah. And it's like, what what are the benefits? The other person might have something to say to you about this. It's like, oh, thank God. Now you told me. Now I know where, you know, they might've just not known how to start that type of conversation themselves. And it might be a service for them too. Yeah. and They might appreciate okay, it. This is actually something mm-hmm. I can tell mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. 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 Great. Okay. So everything around like the strained type of relationships, is that?
1: Yeah, I think it, So kind of to summarize is one is build your self-awareness. So that includes yeah. how are you feeling, checking in, knowing your values. Two Mm -hmm. is getting clear on what you need in that moment. So getting clear on your boundaries and Mm -hmm. what you need. And that might be space. I might be, I need to step away. I need to spend some time on my own for the benefit of this relationship. Mm -hmm. And that's where we'll talk about this later, but time alone helps create healthy connection Mm -hmm. and then have open communication uh, around that. And then after that might be create discipline around what are the things that you want to change in order to. Mm maintain that connection or let go of that connection letting go of connections is hard isn't it it's not always easy and sometimes we have to hold ourselves back from the little habits that maybe we had in getting in touch with people and that we had before Mm -hmm. so or showing up with that person in a different way in the way that you want to might take some discipline
0: yeah but on the other hand it's like it might also be easier in some way to letting go of conversation or of of those type of relationships because you can only everyone can only like reach out to so and so many people or you know you cannot physically meet up say at your workplace all the time or with all your friends and so it kind of fizzles out that's so true we're
1: limited in the number of connections we can have too so we so we have that in mind and it might feel like a relief so when you have the awareness, it gives you a much stronger position to make decisions from because you're not doubting those decisions in the same way. You don't. You're getting much clearer on why you might be making a decision and much more intentional mm-hmm. about that.
0: Yeah. Again, back to the intelligence. Yeah, so <laughs> That's great. I know. I know. Awareness. It all starts within. Okay. Cool. So those are the things around. Like we've covered um, if relationships are stronger, actually, one, if they're kind of strained in some way. And then there's a whole area about not having relationships at all or feeling like you don't have them. So what about that? That seems kind of, it kind of seems to come up quite a bit. It's like, oh, I, I don't have people around me. And it's an, it's an actual, like we can only have so many people here, but not everyone has. It's like, Actually, both you and me, we, we're expats or immigrants, right? And we don't have our larger family around That's it.
1: us. You know, and even if we did, we'd still be having to make those hard decisions around whether or not we see yeah. certain family members or I not. And that. so yeah. in a sense, that like geographical distance is the same distance whether you've got family down the road or whether you've got family on the other side of the country where we're all thinking, what are we going to do for Christmas this year? Well, many of us are thinking that wherever we are,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: wherever we are and whatever our situation. So when we think about that lack of connection, do you know what? I think this word social distancing has a lot to answer for because when COVID started, you know, it was, that was the word that we used. And you see it on signs and you Mm say social distance, make sure you keep your distance. What we're actually doing, we don't, Need to socially distance. We at this moment in time need to be careful around the physical distance, and there's a difference. So when exactly. we hear that word "social," it kind of puts you into a tailspin because you think, "Well, what about what about my social life? I can't can I not have a social life?" It's kind of implicit that we are distancing ourselves socially, and I don't think that has to be the case. Yeah. So. One way in which this is, and this is, I'll probably talk about more about this than overwhelm, which is the other way that it manifests itself is Mm -hmm. loneliness and that feeling that something is missing or that feeling like I can't, I can't give that person a hug anymore. I can't even see that person. I don't even know when I'm going to be able to see that person. Maybe you are new to a city or new to a country or new to a place and you don't have your established friendships here, and so that that in person mm-hmm. connection you can't have in the same way, it becomes more strained. Well, the thing is, these pathways that we use, Vivek murphy who I'll talk about in a minute because he's amazing and done so mm-hmm. much work on on this topic of loneliness, he calls mm-hmm. them pathways. Like our traditional pathways are no longer available in the same way to us to connect than they were before. Mm-hmm. And that's why we need to get creative.
0: Something that came up earlier for me, something things you'd like to quote on this, because it's like, oh my gosh, you can go down a rabbit hole and talking about yes. this. And you've done like so much research around it. I still feel that specifically the word loneliness seems to still have some a taboo. You're right. Like yeah. label around it, right? There is
1: stigma around that word. And I hope that this year, as we have many topics and conversations that are happening this year, this is one of those conversations that comes to the table. Loneliness mm-hmm. is something that people have experienced for a long time. And actually Vivek, his research, he is the former general surgeon of the United States. And so one mm-hmm. of the first things he did was he went to visit all the, many, many hospitals around the U.S. and asked, what's going on. Mm-hmm. Like, what's your, what are your, the problems that you're facing what are your patients facing? Trying to gather the themes. And he realized that underlying all of these physical themes, like of physical illness, was this undercurrent of loneliness that many, many people are experiencing. And so, sometimes we mistake that word loneliness for being alone so we equate it to being on your own so one person nobody else around you physically
0: Mm, like physically yeah yeah.
1: and that's that's actually not the case so loneliness is felt by almost all of us at some point Mm -hmm. we could be in a really strong relationship we could have great relationships with our family and with our friends and still feel the sense of loneliness. You could be surrounded by loads of people and still feel lonely. And Mm -hmm. on the other hand, you could be living on your own and feel really connected and not have that sense of loneliness. Mm -hmm. His definition of loneliness is the subjective feeling that you are lacking the social connections you need. And so it's that Mm -hmm. gap between what you have and what you feel you need. That's That feeling of loneliness. Wow. I I hope that this year, I think more of us are feeling it. And what my hope is, is that in experiencing that, we can create this kind of collective empathy towards loneliness. So that as Mm -hmm. we come out of the pandemic, we don't forget the people that might be feeling lonely. We don't forget loneliness. We don't not look at it. Mm -hmm. And we empathize in a different way.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah when we first talked about, you know, our, our topic today, and you told me that loneliness kind of feeds in with that as well. I was like, oh my gosh, I had just read this research about this as well. And there's some research that says loneliness is has such a big impact on your physical and mental health as bad as, um, I don't know, being a chain smoker or having a high blood pressure and things like that. So it's, it's really like, it's vital to not, feel that way or when you feel it to kind of do things to get you out of that feeling and you know for you to get physically and mentally better and i'm glad you're bringing this on Mm. and have some have some tips for us i hope yes
1: yeah yeah yeah. i do i wanted to like (laughs) i want to create hope because i know that people might be feeling it thinking oh my gosh what can i do about this and the thing you're right what what you say is the research does say say that it does have this impact let's not be scared by that fact because there are things that we can do to support our loneliness and what's really important is that we are aware that it is important
2: Mm. So,
1: and that's this word intention that keeps coming up that's why we need to be intentional because this year it's possible that we are lacking some of that and actually Vivek Mm. he, he breaks it down in a way that can make this huge topic kind of feel a bit more tangible so he says okay. there are three dimensions of loneliness, so mm-hmm. intimate or emotional, relational or social, and collective. Mm-hmm. And that intimate or emotional is having someone that you can confide in and with whom you have this really strong mutual affection and and trust, essentially. Don't be mm-hmm. thrown off by the word intimate there, because it's not necessarily physical. It is just having that close confidence, somebody you can... Yeah. have that mutual trust with
0: like nearly maybe emotional intimacy yeah,
1: that's it that's a nice way to put it yeah, yeah sure yeah and then the relational or socialist is that need for healthy quality friendships and companionship um, and then the last one collective is um, the need for a group or community of people who share interests and a sense of purpose. So they're sharing your interests mm-hmm. and a sense of purpose. And, and when we break that down, these two different, these three different elements, this explains why we might feel lonely even though we have connection in some other place. So we might have strong connection, mm-hmm. relational or social connection. We've got really healthy, good quality friendships and we feel supported, but we're lacking maybe collective. We're not feeling like we're part of a group that has that same
0: sense of purpose that we do as an example. Okay. So all three kind of have to be in, in place. Yeah, somehow. absolutely. And okay. so if I was coaching okay. with, with
1: someone who we were focusing on this as a topic, mm. I would say, okay, we'll rate each of these on a scale of zero to 10. Mm. How fulfilled or satisfied do you feel in your life right now with each of these? And then when you've done that, what do you notice? What surprises you? What thoughts come up? What thoughts are emerging? And of those three, which one do you most want to focus on now?
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And once you've kind of started to zoom in on the the one that you want to focus on, what would it take to move that rating up by one point? Just one point. Mm-hmm. and that's how we can take something that's huge really and kind of fluffy and a bit big and like what do we mean by this into something that okay well what does this actually mean for me what am I missing in my life how can I get clearer on that and what's just one small step it doesn't have to be big because yeah. a micro action just one thing it could be just reaching out to a friend you haven't spoken to in a long time
0: yeah it's very tangible yeah. way of doing it and it's I guess, very, I mean, with coaching, that's why I think coaching when asking questions, it's, it's very individual, right? What might work for one person is not the thing that might work for someone yeah. else or gives that impact that you're looking for. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay, cool. How do, how do thoughts impact the feelings of loneliness? Thoughts can
1: be, just keep this in, in your mind. So thoughts create feelings, create Actions. And so thoughts, they're powerful. And the great thing Mm -hmm. about having about knowing that is that they're the things. So often we think, oh, I'm feeling sad because of this event that happened, but we're missing the bit in the middle. I'm feeling sad because actually I'm what I'm thinking about this is that was really terrible. And it's those thoughts that's creating the sadness, not the event that's Mm. creating the sadness. So it's thoughts, create feelings, create action. action. Yeah, or action or okay. behavior, you know, kind of that's, mm-hmm. once you have the feeling that kind of affects how you might show up or what you might do. Okay. So again, going back to Vivek, he makes this point of um, when you are feeling lonely, you can go into self-doubt. So you're feeling lonely, you might be having thoughts of, well, nobody's reaching out to me, nobody cares, you know, right down to your I'm not worthy of love, you know, it can be that strong. And so then that makes you feel bad. Those thoughts make you Mm -hmm. feel bad. And then it pushes you away even more from the relationships in your life because you kind of believe in those thoughts. So the the quote that I read from his books of shame and fear conspire to turn loneliness into a self-perpetuating condition, triggering self-doubt, which in turn lowers self-esteem and discourages us from reaching out so mm-hmm. over time that cycle may convince us that we don't matter to anyone that we're unworthy of love driving us ever inward and away from the very relationships that we need the most that's how powerful mm-hmm. thoughts can be when it comes to loneliness and so what can we do about that what happens how can we mitigate and support our feelings and, the, and how we feel so that we're not mm. spiraling into these kind of negative thoughts, which actually pull us away, not closer to the people in our lives.
0: Mm. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. If, and you're projecting things that are most likely not true.
1: Exactly. And so in that sense, it's kind of futile, isn't it? Because yeah. it's going on it's in something. your head. It's not actually, it's not true. It, it's not that you're not unworthy of love. It's that that's how you're feeling. So what can you do if you're feeling that way? So one is Mm -hmm. just notice what triggers the negative thoughts. If you can understand what triggers a negative thought spiral, which might take you in that direction, then over time you can get ahead of it. So you'll spot it, you'll see it, and then you can do something about it before it becomes Mm -hmm. so spiraled or so out of control that when it then it's much, much harder to kind of come out of it. Mm-hmm. So one is just notice what triggers negative thoughts and then two, create strategies to reroute those thoughts in the moment. Okay. So an ex- example of that could be, let's say I'll talk about triggers, common triggers. Yeah. Maybe you notice that you have a conversation in your head, that you're having conversations in your head. And every time you do that, it spirals into negative thinking. Um, so mm. the next thing you can say, okay, I can I recognize the voices. I'm hearing voices in my head. And, and then that's when you employ your strategy to do something with that. Yeah. Or another common trigger might be social media, flipping through your Instagram account, looking on Facebook, mm. getting into the comparison space that we often get to with social media that then triggers yeah. those thoughts. Or it might be that it's, and this might not be a trigger, but also think about your environment. When does this happen? Is it when you're doing... Mm-hmm mindless activities where you have the opportunity to get into your head as opposed to when you're working and you're focused on something or you're reading a book so Mm -hmm. what is the environment around you what's happening
0: when you start to go into those thought patterns And then it's like the thing that came up is like the boundary setting. It's yes. not just necessarily what you refer to. It's the, the boundaries for other people. You're setting boundaries for yourself as well. I love that. That's
1: really cool. So yes, it's you thinking about where are you allowing yourself to go and what where yeah. you're not allowing yourself to go.
0: Yeah. And if, it's, if that means, you know, you're setting a boundary of no social media for the next few weeks, then yeah. that's a very creative and resourceful way of make sure that you feel absolutely better. and
1: then what do you need to do to make sure that happens take it off your phone just to yes. the app
0: for a bit, you know yes. or whatever that is yeah yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah see through now. cool yeah oh it's, it's all kind of connected yeah.
1: <laughs> and then the the, the trigger so right. then you want a strategy so you kind of like anticipate this happening or mm. anticipate that when it happens this is the thing that you will do or one of the things that you will mm. do So that could be many people turn to grounding exercises. So we talk about meditate. We talk about meditation a lot. Um, I know for some people that works and some people it maybe doesn't work. If it doesn't work for you, then find your own version of it. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of science to say that it does support you. You know, it helps to change your neural pathways. And so what works for you is, and that could be an activity. As opposed to sitting and kind of meditating, um, a good grounding mm-hmm. technique that I love is five, four, three, two, one, where you tune mm-hmm. into your senses slowly. So you might say, okay, what five things can I hear right now? What four things can I see? What three things can I touch? What two things can I smell? And what one thing can I taste? And you can mm-hmm. mix those up depending on what's going on. Like if you're yeah. eating dinner. Usually, the taste is the hardest one. There's only one thing I mm-hmm. can taste, but if you're having dinner, you could <laughs> taste a million different things. Yeah. Or it might be if, you, if, if grounding exercises are not really your thing, then how can you change your activity to either distract that thought pattern, to shift it, yeah. or focus your mind on something else? So, an activity that helps you get focused on something else or that positively distracts you in some form. So that could be reading. It could be Mm -hmm. doing something creative a creative project. It could be just finding something that makes you laugh, you know, something that simple.
0: Yeah. Okay, cool. And if you'd had this with a client, say, for instance, what would you ask that client in those situations? Yeah. I work a lot
1: with clients in this space. Okay. So normally Mm -hmm. I would ask them, what do you think would work for you? So, When you think about Mm -hmm. all of the different options that are available that will help you, help distract you in that moment, what do you think could work and what has worked Mm -hmm. for you in the past? Do you remember a time when you've done that before and what helped? And then I would encourage them to, once we've identified the thing, whatever that is, we can be open-minded. Like it could be kind of silly. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I do sometimes is just go and stand on a really nice soft rug and just wiggle my toes so it just feels really nice it's like it grounds me (laughs) yeah so and then I would say okay let's experiment with that so there's no pressure to get it right first time you're building Mm -hmm. a toolkit of strategies that you could use and so let's just experiment with that for a week and see what happens
0: yeah you could just lie down and wiggle your entire body on the rock not just the (laughs) feet roll around in it
1: (laughs) (laughs) who cares have fun with it if that's what Puts a smile on your face. Exactly.
0: Exactly. (laughs) Okay, so that's one thing you you can ask your um your clients. Anything anything else? Yeah, I think those questions
1: around like what's happening. So building your awareness around the trigger. Mm -hmm. So really, what is happening? And when I say what's happening, I mean like what's happening around you. What are you doing? Who is there? Where are you? even down to like when does this happen is there a certain time of the day that it happens mm-hmm. and again the same questions that we asked earlier so what are you feeling in that moment and where are you feeling that in
0: your body mm-hmm. yeah 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 where does it show up hmm. okay okay cool wow lots to lots to take away from that so um if like we touched on that earlier what if you don't have people in our household and we really kind of miss that human connection because we're kind of living on our own and, you know, kind of maybe new or there's some no other people around us. What What is there we can, we can do to get a bit of human yeah. connection? so
1: here, if you're living on your own, here's something I want to share with you that really struck me, which is we're talking about mm-hmm. like solitude, okay?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So if I say to you, Nadine, what comes up for you when you hear the word solitude?
0: Sitting somewhere with a book. That sounds kind of peaceful. <laughs> is it peaceful? Yes, peaceful, calm, relaxed, kind of comfortable. Comfortable, okay. Mm-hmm. And if
1: I say to you what comes up when you hear the word isolation?
0: Yeah, that kind of seems cold. Mm. That what comes to mind is isolation, distress in some way, or it's like force that comes up yeah no not solitude isolation yeah i don't know i like the image that came to mind was a prison cell
1: (laughs) okay yeah that sounds kind of heavy doesn't it right yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so um let's think about that concept of solitude because in both scenarios solitude and isolation we're probably on our own Mm -hmm. and yet we hear again it comes down to this word the wording that we hear isolation Mm -hmm. doesn't feel good so if we are living on our own, how can we see this moment as a time for solitude? How can we choose to see it from that perspective mm-hmm. instead of forced isolation? Mm-hmm. And then when we view it from that perspective, what's well, possible? Mm-hmm. And so you might think, well, why is this important? I need some kind of practical tip to right? <laughs> This is the, the, probably the most mind-blowing thing that I, or realization that I had in the yeah. research, which was solitude is really important to strengthen the connection with ourselves, and as a result of that, our connection with other people. Mm-hmm. And again, this is from the Vivek's work. We'll share the share reference to him. So he says, solitude paradoxically protects against loneliness. <gasps> okay. So what that means is if we're living on our own, it's actually not the end of the world. I mean, we can have connection. We can use this time to really connect with ourselves mm-hmm. to be able to nurture the connections that we have with others. And, and it might be that we're doing that for our now selves or it might be that we're doing that
0: for our future selves. Okay. But it's, an inten- again, an intentional thing and it's more like a mindset? Is it more... Um, is that the difference? Frame it.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So it's, you know, often i say to clients, okay, you're in a situation where there's a whole number of things you actually can't control. What Mm -hmm. can you control? And many times what can you control is the mindset and the frame of mind you have looking at this situation. So how can you step around or look at it from a different viewpoint? And when we choose, we have it within ourselves to choose to see this time as solitude if we want to, as opposed to isolation. and what do you want to do with a time of solitude if you see it that way Mm -hmm. how can you make the most of this time how can you see it as an opportunity
0: okay great so it must be hard if you're living alone right now because of the restrictions that are going on so what can we share with people about that so people listening and what are some ways we can kind of either reframe it or do about it are we hugging ourselves is that? Talking about human contact, like physical connection, yeah, Yeah. like hugs,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, Don't we? all, We are all going to really appreciate the hugs in our lives right now. Yes. So, yeah, there is such a thing as skin hunger. It is a thing. Look it up. It's Uh it's something that people are feeling right now. So, what can we do? Mm -hmm. I think one of the things is we kind of have to accept that we don't, we can't have the in person in the way that we used to. Okay, so that's Mm number one. Maybe. We don't know if there is an alternative that really fully replaces that. So I don't want to sort of sit here and say, here's here's all the things you can do. And, you know, this is going to be your complete alternative to human yeah. contact. We don't know if these things can really, truly replace it, but let's think about that logically. Okay. So human contact and having human contact releases hormones in our body of mm-hmm. endorphins, oxytocin, dopamine. Mm-hmm. And so if we're not having that human contact we may be lacking in some of those hormones mm-hmm. so we may be having less of that so then that takes me to okay well logically what can we do let's just get straight to the jugular yes. here like what can we do practically to give ourselves and our bodies the benefit of human contact when we can't have human contact what are the yeah. other things we can do okay some really yes. cool stuff yeah so then yes. so it, to release your endorphins and you can do a google search just see what comes up here um, yeah so regular exercise that always comes up so this is a reason to do regular exercise i'm not going to go through the whole list here we can maybe share it in yeah so we'll of
0: them yeah. in the show notes are in a separate document or we'll list them there so uh, maybe yeah. like the the top three for each one of those
1: okay so the thing that really struck me was listening to and creating music. Mm. That releases every single one of those hormones. Mm -hmm. So are you listening to enough music in your life? Um, Another one is eye contact. So make eye contact. How many times do we go into a coffee shop and we don't, or a supermarket, and we don't really interact with the person behind the the tail? Well, maybe Mm. we could. With the delivery person, maybe we could just look them in the eyes. That would
0: give us a little bit of oxytocin and then sometimes the only thing that we really have access to um with regards to like mimics or anything else in their face because you can't everyone's wearing a mask right so you can't see them necessarily smile but you can see what's going on in their eyes so kind exactly. of place a focus into that
1: yeah yeah and smile as you're doing it maybe they yeah. can't see but they you, they will see the smile anyway in amazing. your voice as
0: well yeah or in your eyes
1: yeah. The other thing that struck me was synchronous activity. So doing an activity together. So we, get, we bond when we do activities together. Okay. And that could be like a team sport or it could be singing in a choir. Mm-hmm. We can't do that in the same way right now. But there are loads of online experiences that we could sign up to. We could say, Hey friend, in the uk do you want to do this with me let's go and make a cake let's learn how to do tapas for an afternoon or whatever it is Mm -hmm. to just find something that you can share together as opposed to just having conversation for the time like what can you do together
0: yeah great, I have a watch party that just came to mind. I heard someone the other day is like, yeah, yeah, we all put on that movie and then we watched it together and we saw each other's yeah. reactions to that. So it's like, okay, it's like, never done that myself, but it's a creative way of just, you know, getting a few things in together or yeah. even listening to music together.
1: Exactly. And even if it feels a bit silly, that's the bonding bit. Let's You will look back at that time and say, Oh, do you remember when we did that? That was fun. Yeah. Right. So yeah. it's, it, it you know, just experiment with
0: that. Okay, cool. So those we'll put the full list in the show notes for the podcast so yep. people can download that. Wow, there's a whole lot of information lot. around us. Yeah, I have like three final questions that I'm asking everyone who's coming on the podcast. But before we go into that, is there any like final, final messages, anything you want to kind of summarize or bring across? Uh,
1: yeah, I think I say, so it's a year to be intentional. Mm-hmm. with your connections in a genuine way. Mm-hmm. Reach out. Don't be afraid to reach out. Most people are struggling right now in some form or another. So if you reach out that you're probably gonna get a really positive response yeah. from someone. Um and lean in. So if somebody gets in touch with you and you haven't heard them for a while from them in a while, or maybe you have this is not a time to be ignoring each other lean in if somebody mm-hmm. touches base with you yeah yeah
0: there's a good chance the other person might be feeling the same way and it's really great exactly. that you've had the courage right. right yeah, yeah, oh, I totally get it. Thank you for all that super valuable um knowledge and insights and and sharing all that I hope people get lots and lots of practical things from it if anyone starts to I don't know, a dance party or something synchronous, like maybe invite us or let us know (laughs) how that goes. (laughs) If you have uh, any of that going on, send us a picture. (laughs) So there's like, there's three questions that I'm asking everyone. One is like, what's a book recommendation that you want to maybe check out? Okay, I've talked a lot about this guy, Vivek Murthy. So I'm Mm going to recommend his
1: book, which is Together. And it came out Mm -hmm. this year. And it really kind of taps into this, topic a lot in a lot more detail Mm -hmm. so I would recommend that if you don't want to get the book there's some great podcasts that he's done with Brené Brown with Waterstones book company in the UK Mm -hmm. Um, so just google his name and see what comes up
0: okay cool what's one thing on your bucket list
1: on my bucket list I would love to do a road trip from vancouver down to california and it's, it's kind of cliche isn't it do a road trip somewhere but yeah just take a few weeks and just really uh, just explore the states
0: oh my god that would be yeah. one of my things too really <laughs> yes i've talked about it a few times um, and then yeah. i was like oh no no it's not possible oh i know it's a pandemic I know. oh no it's not possible too like, oh, okay. it's like oh <laughs> hey that's a good one yeah i i imagine this this car and then you're just on a, on those long straight roads and and exploring everything. Yeah, good like, wow, music. That's cool. Yeah, <laughs> obviously music. And that actually leads us into the last uh, question. What makes you dance?
1: Oh, okay. If I type in 90s playlists on Spotify or maybe like early 2000s playlist, that's for sure going to make me dance. Yeah. The song that comes to my mind is 500 Miles by The Proclaimers. I don't know if I would dance to that or just bob. Rather strongly, or
0: just jump around. But anyway, it's with a smile on my face. That's a good one. Perfect. Thank you so much, Nora, for Thank you, everything, <laughs> sharing all those insights. Yeah. Thank it's you. been really, really lovely. Thank you so much for the opportunity, <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you so much. Oh, bye. 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 I'm curious what resonated most with you? Remember, there are lots of tips in the additional resources document of the show notes to explore how you specifically can increase and nurture human connection. I'm inviting you to book an initial free coaching chat with Laura. Simply go to coachme.global forward slash book to request your session. That's coachme.global forward slash book. As usual, I'm grateful you've tuned in. That's it for our last episode of 2020. We'll be back with more coaching goodness early next year. Thank you and stay curious.